Hey guys and welcome to Mysteries and Histories with me, your host, Georgia Marie. This podcast audio is adapted from my YouTube channel. I wanted to make my content more accessible for those of you on the go and we all love a podcast. So if I ever reference anything on screen or a photograph, please bear in mind this audio was originally made for video. It won't hinder your listening experience at all, but just to save any confusion. And if you do want to go and subscribe to my channel, I'm just Georgia Marie over on YouTube. And with that, let's get into it. Hey guys, and welcome back for another episode in my history series, where today we're going to be taking a closer look at the famous pride or rainbow flag, how it came to be, what it means, and the journey it's gone on. You wouldn't think there'd be much of a history behind a simple flag, but it was actually the amalgamation of many stories, many people, and it's really interesting. Or at least it's interesting to me, and I hope it is to you as well. Fun fact, the study of flags is actually called vexillology. The rainbow flag is a symbol that connects an entire community. It's the sign of acceptance and a safe space. Just the other day, me and my girlfriend were walking around London looking for somewhere to go for drinks in the evening. We walk past a bar with a rainbow flag flying above the door and we choose that place to go for a drink because it's a symbol that we'd be welcome. The rainbow flag is so much more than a picture to shove in a t-shirt and sell during Pride Month. I mean, in Pride Month every year, every single corporation is flying these Pride flags. You walk into Primark or pretty much any shop and you find a wall of rainbow clothes. You'll struggle to find a company that doesn't currently have a rainbow version of their logo as the profile picture. Most of this is just performative, of course, whilst these companies are doing very little to actually help the LGBTQ community. But the ever-evolving pride flag actually does mean something. It was made on purpose, every aspect was thought through. This message transcends the last few decades. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but there's actually torrential rain outside. Like I've been waiting about four hours to film this video and the rain just hasn't let up. So I've just decided I've got to film. So if you can hear just rain or something in the background of the audio in this video, then that is why sadly I cannot control the weather and I live in England. So rain is something I have to contend with. <laughs> So our story of the rainbow flag began back in the 1970s with two men, Harvey Milk and Gilbert Baker. You've probably heard the name Harvey Milk before, he's a very prominent figure in queer history, who I do one day intend to do a full video on, but here is a brief-ish synopsis of his story. Born in May 1930, he was from Long Island, New York, and he knew he was gay from a young age, certainly from by the time he started high school. After school, he went to the New York State College for Teachers where he studied maths and history and eventually graduated for enlisting in the Navy. By 1955, he resigned from the Navy after being questioned about his sexual orientation. So he heads back to New York where he has a number of different jobs. Teacher, he has a job on Wall Street, He's a production assistant for Broadway musicals, and it's in this Broadway world that he becomes more involved in the LGBT community of New York, eventually coming out of the closet and getting involved in politics and advocacy. In 1972, he decided to move across the country to San Francisco, where he opened up a camera store on Castro Street, which is in the centre of San Francisco's thriving gay community, which he dives into headfirst. 
Harvey was a popular guy and quickly becomes one of the city's leading activists. Just under a year from his arrival in the city, he announced that he was running for the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, which was particularly brave for an out gay man. He had little fear and he didn't get the position, but from this, his name was kind of out there. In 1975, he ran again for the San Francisco City County Supervisor seat and lost again, but his close friend, Mayor George Moscone, appointed him instead to the city's Board of Permit Appeals, making him the first openly gay city commissioner in the United States. And then in 1977, he finally won his third bid and got his seat as a San Francisco City County Supervisor, which made national and international headlines. This was huge. He represented the people of San Francisco as a whole, of course, but this was a huge milestone for LGBT people. He intended to reform gay rights, establish daycare centres for working mothers, convert military facilities in the city to low-cost housing, and attract industry to the deserted warehouses and factories. He wanted people to feel safe in the city that he loved so much, and he had this huge platform to speak out about the plight of his community. One of his most famous speeches said, Gay people, we will not win our rights by staying quietly in the closets. We are coming out to fight the lies, the myths, the distortions. We are coming out to tell the truth about gays, for I am tired of the conspiracy of silence, so I am going to talk about it and I want you to talk about it, you must come out. He was a successful politician and was generally well liked by everyone. One of those people was Gilbert Baker, who had first met Harvey Milk in 1974. Gilbert Baker was an artist and gay rights activist from Kansas, born in 1951. Like Harvey Milk, he would go on to serve in the army and was stationed in San Francisco as a medic. He was an openly gay man and a drag queen and he had to teach himself how to sew because he couldn't afford to buy new clothes, the gowns and costumes a drag queen needs. This hobby would come to serve him very, very well, becoming known around San Francisco for his craft and soon he was sewing flags and banners for protests and street marches, gay and anti-war marches. It was through this that he would meet Harvey Milk and the two would strike up a friendship. Gilbert would be inspired by how open Harvey was, by his calls for gays and lesbians to be open and proud. I won't say now because I know if I don't I'll get somebody jumping down my throat. I know not everyone is able to safely come out or even want to come out and that's okay. I mean it took me until I was 25, 26. But Harvey Milk called for people to be brave and come out. He believed that that was the best thing for the movement, that the more people who were visibly gay, the faster the movement would grow. It was a different time. The movement was beginning. Public awareness of gay people just existing and thriving was one of the most important things. That's not to say you should come out now just because Harvey Milk said so, but that was his stance at the time. During this time, the 1970s, the two main symbols that were used by the movement to denote gayness were the Greek letter lambda, which was just a bit obscure, and a pink triangle. Just like the yellow star for Jewish people, the downward pointing pink triangle 
had been used by the Nazis to identify gay men and force them into concentration camps. Lesbians were identified by a black triangle along with sex workers, both were thought to be asocial. The United States Holocaust Memorial Museum estimates that 100,000 gay men were arrested by the Nazis in World War II and up to 15,000 were placed in concentration camps where they were treated as the lowest of the low in the camp hierarchy. Although homosexuality had been illegal in Germany since the 1800s, nobody really cared that much until the Nazis took power. And then after World War II, the country continued to uphold this hatred. Lots of gay men remained incarcerated until the 1970s, the same decade that the pink symbol was reclaimed by gay men across the Western world, from Germany to the USA, using it now as a symbol of liberation and a pledge that history will never repeat itself. Even today, you will occasionally see the pink triangle being used, particularly at protests against the treatment of gay men and other gay people. Protests held outside the Russian embassy in London in April 2017 against Russian treatment of gay men were littered with pink triangles. The symbol is now used as a reminder of the fight of homosexual men, but as you can probably figure out for yourself, it's not exactly a symbol of pride. It is a dark symbol with a dark past with attachments to murder and the Holocaust and Hitler. In the mid-70s, it became clear that the gay movement needed a new symbol, a happier symbol. Gilbert and Harvey decided they needed something beautiful, something made by the community for the community. And knowing how to sew, 27-year-old Gilbert Baker set about on this mission, knowing that it could be the birth of something wonderful. As he said in an interview with the Museum of Modern Art, Harvey's whole message in life was being visible, proclaiming proudly who you were. To Gilbert, who had been sewing flags for protest for years by this point, a flag made perfect sense because it's a way of saying, here I am, this is who I am. And the idea of using the rainbow pattern came quite naturally as well because it fit the diversity of the LGBT community in terms of race, gender, age and everything else. Plus rainbows from the sky, flags fly in the sky, it all came together really organically, Gilbert said. He later wrote, I thought of the American flag with its 13 stripes and 13 stars, the colonies breaking away from England to form the United States. I thought of the vertical red, white and blue tricolour from the French Revolution and how both flags owed their beginnings to a riot, a rebellion or revolution. I thought a gay nation should have a flag too, to proclaim its own idea of power. Some people also suspect that the song Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland may have inspired this design, with Judy being somewhat of a gay icon at the time and still now. Judy was known to have many gay friends, a gay father, and even two gay or bisexual husbands at a time when homosexuality was incredibly taboo. Her daughter, Liza Minnelli, also famously married a gay man. A huge amount of Judy's fan base was gay men, an icon in the same way that Lady Gaga would be considered an icon today. Perhaps you've heard the term friend of Dorothy being used to refer to a gay man before referring to Judy Garland's Wizard of Oz character, Dorothy. 
Judy Garland was intrinsically linked with the gays, with the fight for gay rights, and lots of people think that the rainbow flag is because of Over the Rainbow. This isn't actually true, but it's a nice thought. But anyway, I digress, back to the flag. The original rainbow flag was designed with eight stripes instead of the six that you'll generally see today, each colour having a meaning standing for something. There's hot pink for sex, red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for magic or art, indigo for serenity and violet for spirit. Gilbert purposefully chose not to make the first ever pride flags at his home, instead opting to sew them at the Gay Community Centre at 330 Grove Street in San Francisco. Him and a team of friends, 30 volunteers, overtook the attic of the centre and got to work, with huge bins full of water and dye and thousands of yards of cotton. Gilbert would later say that he called a friend called Fairy Argyle, or later known as Fairy Argyle Rainbow for obvious reasons, who was known around San Francisco as the Queen of Tie-Dye. Gilbert wanted an organic tie-dye process and they figured it out together. Verbatim from the MoMA interview that I mentioned just a second ago, Gilbert said, I remember one day we had it all in the dye bath. You have to set out the dye and then you have to rinse out. We looked at each other thinking, we'll take it to the laundromat. Well, they have these signs at the laundromat saying, do not dye. So of course we wait until everyone is gone late at night and run into a laundromat and fill every machine with quarters and blast them all. And the machines turn every colour of the rainbow. We threw Clorox in the machines afterwards, hoping that the next customers wouldn't walk out of there with pink underwear. It was certainly not like the way they are made today, but I treasure those memories because it really was a beautiful process and I really love all the people who were there. This quote just really made me smile. I really highly recommend going to read the full interview, which I will of course link down below. Just this rainbow flag was born out of nothing but love and fun. Then Gilbert called another friend, James McNamara, who also knew how to sew just as well as him, and together they sewed the flag. Now this wasn't just a small flag, as you probably already figured, this was full size, it was huge. It took four hands to get it through the sewing machine, and then 20 hands to iron it all out once it was done. It was two flags of 60 foot by 30 foot, one with stripes and stars in the style of the American flag, and one without. And they were on a time limit because the flag was to be made in time for the 1978 San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade and Gilbert had been given $1,000 by the parade committee to get the job done. He promised the committee that this was going to be worth the money, that this flag would create a story and help create visibility of their cause. And you could say he succeeded. When finished, the flags were raised on the 25th of June 1978 in the United Nations Plaza in downtown San Francisco and were flown in the parade as planned. Gilbert ensured to get the flag photographed that day and that photograph distributed wherever he could, knowing that art was going to be the key to the flag doing well. Soon, Gilbert was approached by the Paramount Flag Company to mass-produce the flag. The main reason the flag was eventually adapted to the six-stripe one that we know today is simply because in 1978 it was expensive to produce eight different colours. The hot pink stripe was dropped first as that colour wasn't readily available 
And then in 1979, the next year, the turquoise and indigo stripes became just one, simple blue. This is because the Freedom Day Parade that year wanted to split the flag in half to sort of hang down both sides of the street. Seven didn't split evenly, but six did. But before all of that happened, something happened which skyrocketed the popularity of the flag. Harvey Milk was assassinated alongside his friend, Mayor George Moscone. This was the ultimate hate crime at the time. The murder was meant to silence the gay community by silencing its biggest voice. This was a warning. But it actually had the opposite effect. People started buying the rainbow flag in their hordes to show their support. Now, over the years, there's obviously been a lot of controversy over the flag, with businesses being boycotted for displaying it and people being evicted from their homes, all kinds of things like that. As much as the flag is a wonderful symbol of who you are and your community, it can also make you a target for hate crimes and discrimination. It seems the flag didn't really hit mainstream use until 1994, which just so happens to be the year I was born. There feels to be a, like a nice serendipity in that. That year, Gilbert actually moved from San Francisco to New York City, and he created the world's largest flag at the time in celebration of 25 years since the Stonewall Uprising. This was a mile-long rainbow flag. It seems that this might have been where the use of the flag really became globally known. But not content with that record, in 2003, nine years later, for the 25th anniversary of the creation of the flag, he built the largest flag yet in Florida, stretching across Key West from the Gulf of Mexico to the Florida Straits. For this, he restored the flag to its original eight-stripe version, and after the celebration, the flag was cut into sections and distributed to more than a hundred different cities around the world. In response to Trump disrespectfully holding an upside down rainbow flag on his campaign trail in 2016, despite having Mike Pence as his running mate who was infamously anti-gay, Gilbert actually created a nine stripe flag with a lavender colour stripe added for diversity. People modifying the rainbow flag really isn't anything new, and Gilbert himself reinvented it multiple times over the years. Some people seem to get really offended by newer flag designs, but even the flag that some people cite as the original one, the six-stripe flag, isn't even the original one. Times change and symbols change alongside. In 2017, the city of Philadelphia released a new flag design featuring brown and black stripes to highlight people of colour within the LGBTQ community. This was in response to a series of complaints against queer bars in the city who had denied entry to people of colour. Despite public outrage over this, Friends of Gilbert said he would have loved it. And then, of course, there's the most recent reinvention, the so-called progress flag, a standard six-stripe flag with an added chevron across the hoist, featuring black, brown, light blue, pink and white stripes, representing people of colour, trans individuals and those who have been lost HIV AIDS. You'll see this version of the flag being used fairly often now, and I actually even saw another version with an added yellow triangle and purple circle to represent the intersex community. 
From what I've learned of Gilbert whilst researching this video, I have no doubt that he approves of every version of his flag. The two original flags were stored at a now closed LGBT centre where one was eventually stolen, and for decades they lost track of the other one as well. It sustained water damage at some point and it was all mouldy, so Gilbert cut off the damaged portion and kept the rest, but then it disappeared and no one knew what he did with it. Gilbert Baker died in his sleep aged 65 in 2017, and it was assumed that the location of the remaining flag had died with him. Upon his death, all of his belongings were sent to his sister in Texas, and one day she receives a call from a Charlie Beale of the Gilbert Baker Foundation. Charlie Beale was just looking for a big rainbow flag for an event that he was organising, and figured that Gilbert probably had one lying around, he had lots of flags. So his sister pulls out a flag in a big box in the garage and it was clear that it had all been cut and Bill was actually really disappointed. But regardless, this flag was used at the event with marchers carrying it at New York Pride in 2019. But then one day, somebody who had helped make the original flag called Bill and asked him if he knew what happened to the fragment of the original flag that Gilbert had. Bill quickly realises that he has that very fragment in his closet. The flag that he was disappointed had been found all cut up and gross was actually the original one. And this was later confirmed by a vexillologist, a flag expert. The grommet, stitching and dye on this flag fragment all confirmed that the flag had come from the Paramount Flag Company in San Francisco in the 1970s, where Gilbert had worked at the time. The lost flag was finally found and was eventually returned to San Francisco, where it was unveiled at the GLBT Historical Society's Museum in April of this year. Yes, GLBT, I said that right. Fun fact that the LGBT acronym was always GLBT up until the AIDS crisis of the 80s. In honour of the lesbian community who stood by gay men and cared for them when no one else did, the acronym was flipped but some do still use the original acronym, mostly in historical contexts. The most incredible thing about this whole story to me is that Gilbert Baker refused to trademark his design. He died a poor man, despite the fact that possibly billions of dollars have been made using this rainbow. He dedicated his entire life to propelling the gay rights movement forward, never faltering for a second, and the vision that him and Harvey Milk had back in the 70s came to life more vividly than I'm sure either of them ever imagined. So, as I said at the beginning of this video, the pride flag is a symbol of hope, of safety. For many queer people, it's a sign that you're welcome here. Who knew that flags could be so interesting? I'm so glad I looked into this. If you have any other fun facts about the pride flag, or just flag facts in general, I'm now finding myself really interested by flags, then please leave them in the comments down below. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I will see you in the next one. Bye guys.